Please lower your head and watch your step while boarding. Welcome to the Attractions Podcast. You are all clear for dispatch. Have fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 182 of the Attractions Podcast, sponsored by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. I'm Seth. And I'm Matt. Substituting for Carly, who is off this week. Hi, Matt. We are here, as always, to talk to you about the latest and greatest in theme park news and more, as well as what is going on in our own lives. And it's been a bit since I've seen you. How have you been and what have you been up to? Oh, I've been doing good. Just hanging out. I've uh, went over to Aquatica for their 15th anniversary event. I missed that. I missed that. How was it? You didn't miss too much. They did. They did a nice little show. Um, they uh, they had some Polynesian dancers out, and they did a speech, and uh, had some couple of animals out. But um, the, one of the main things we were there to see was a new kids area coming. Uh-huh. But uh, it's basically just a dirt lot with some slides <laughs> on it right now. Sure. Uh, they helped open it in a couple of months, I think. But um, but uh, for now, they were mostly just uh, saying. We've been here 15 years. I had on my I, shirt. Hard that I to got on I, opening day. <laughs> I I I feel like it was yesterday uh, when I heard that they were going uh, to build that. I had a friend at the time who was working for SeaWorld, and they said, "Oh yeah, we're we're gonna build a water park." And I was like, "What does SeaWorld want to build a water park for?" <laughs> Next thing you know, there's Aquatica. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, that's great. I'm sorry I missed that. I was uh, I've been traveling. Um, I missed everyone the last couple of weeks, but I got to experience something really unique, and that is snow at a Southern California theme park. Uh, it's not it supposed was, to be. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. Yeah, there. It. I guess technically it did not really count as snow. It was more like some sort of sleet. Uh, because the air temperature was uh, slightly above freezing, but that didn't stop big white solid blobs from falling out of the sky uh, it was pretty cool being on the top of uh of universal hollywood and looking out you know off of the escalator and seeing snow on the mountains all around yeah, that's cool pretty pretty incredible um we've talked so much on this show about super nintendo world uh and all I got to say is it's it's as good as the hype. Uh, it just needs to be bigger. Um, it's the way too Less many people. people. <laughs> way too many people. It's if you're going to do it, my advice is invest in that power band. I think it was the best 40 bucks I've spent on a theme park tchotchke. Much better than my magic band. Got more fun out of it even than my Harry Potter wands. Um, but spend that money for the early entry. Uh, and take advantage of that first hour. Uh, Mario Kart's probably going to be broken down in the first hour, but use it to play the games and punch the bricks and get the keys so that you can do Bowser Jr. without waiting in a long line later. Um, I, I I thought all the interactive stuff was great. I love the ride. Um, I want to go back. I even bought an annual pass just so I can can go back there and you um, you got to do something else really cool which was uh take I, a tour of the walt disney studios correct? yes i did not want to make people too jealous because this is something that you can't really sign up for uh d23 the official uh disney uh fan club about once a year uh makes a very limited number of tours available i believe there were four or five tours on this one day and there were only eight people in each tour uh wow. so it was super exclusive uh got to go inside walt's office nice uh, which is uh, you know that's 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 kind of one of those bucket list things for a a disney fan and i also got to go to the archives and um talk to becky klein who is the head archivist uh and it turns out they have a copy of uh books that i worked on sitting on the bookshelves in the archives so that was that was kind of a cool thing to learn Um, i'm sure they also have copies of attractions magazines i saw them there i saw them uh they 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 collect everything doesn't mean that that they love us necessarily it just means that they collect everything um but that was that was a pretty amazing experience um so uh but uh i could like I said, spend the uh, entire uh, <laughs> hour just talking about my trip. But instead, I think it is time for us, without any further ado, to jump into the news. Hey, 
Okay, first up, Universal Parks and Recreation, uh, Parks and Resorts is no more. It is now Universal Destinations and Experiences. Uh, the division of Comcast that runs the Universal theme parks has rebranded. Uh, they've got new logos, uh, and people have some thoughts about the logos. Um, good thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so according to the press release, uh, basically this change uh, signals how they are diversifying. They are not just their big theme park resorts anymore. They are developing these little projects uh, like what's coming to Texas and to Las Vegas. Um, you're going to see more small scale universal uh, experiences all across the world. And they are changing the name. Uh, of the division that Mark Woodbury is the chairman and CEO of to reflect that difference. Um, this is mostly like a corporate thing that, you know, guests are not going to care about. Uh, but the one thing guests I think will care about is they, they went along, they came along with a redesign of the logos for the theme parks. Uh, and how would you describe the, as someone who's been in publishing and graphic design uh, your whole life, uh, how would you describe? Uh, I don't think we have one of them. No, right? we don't but have they're one all in here. this. They're in this style. They are all. Um... Well, they're in that style, except the one that I hate, which is the City Walk one. <laughs> and for some reason, I've seen it a couple different ways. I'm not sure which one's the official, but they put City on one word line and, and walk, walk below it. And they have always spelled City Walk as one word. Yeah. Now they're splitting it into two words, and I don't. I don't know that they officially are, yeah. you know, when it's spelled out, I think it's still supposed to be one word, but the logo that they created has it two words, which I don't like. So Yeah, the, yeah, uh, typographically, that one's a little wonky. And, um, you know, the, the Universal Studios Florida one is a fine, I guess. Uh, the IOA one kind of jars my eye a little. Um, uh, it's... It, they're all very flat. Um, I know simplified. Maybe they're meant to look good as an icon on a smartphone, uh, more so than anything else. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, but uh, yep. Yeah, so new logos. The one thing we do not have is new names for any of the theme parks and resorts. In case you were thinking that Universal Hollywood was going to rebrand as Universal Hollywood Resort, uh, Mark Woodbury most emphatically said in the. Uh, in the presentation that they are not changing the name. Right. Yep. And uh, I think, like you said, it just goes to show that this, uh, what they're doing in Texas and what they're doing mm -hmm. in Vegas is just the start of what they have planned. So yep. this is, this is see. the wave of the future. Um, I think, I think they're, just... they're, you know, they're looking at Epic universe as kind of like at that point, uh, you know, Orlando is, is, is built out and we are kind of spreading out across the country uh to other places and, uh, and we'll see if they if, we'll see if they stick with this concept of it just yep. being kids areas mm -hmm. um or will they build full full-on theme parks like they yep. have in orlando some other places we don't know but yeah i uh, think i think they're going to be very targeted in their demographics they look at a place like frisco texas that is very uh popular with growing young families so we build a park just for families you look at las vegas which is nightlife and over 21 and we build something focused on yep. on that that yep. group so the the day of building a resort where there's something for everyone that might be passed so next up Disneyland's Avatar area is supposedly going to be just as amazing as Walt Disney World's, uh, according to promises uh, made by uh, a D23 article and CEO Robert Iger. Uh, and this is a little bit of a surprise because um, uh, I, I personally expected something scaled down and a lot easier to build. Yeah, I'm, people were thinking, oh, it's going to be, um, it's going to be um, just, uh, uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, it's just going to be <laughs> some kind of a walkthrough experience or something. Mm -hmm. and, well, and and I, you know, I'll admit that was my first reaction when I, I heard about uh, an Avatar experience, as opposed to them saying an Avatar land or an Avatar ride. Right, and there are all kinds of experiences mm -hmm. around the world that you can go to. So we thought, yes. oh, 
they're going to bring one one of those to to Disneyland. But you can't say that that's as exciting as what's in Orlando. Yes, so this has got to be something more. It's got to be a, a it's got to be the land or more. I, I I mean, or 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 they're lying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Disney would never lie to us. They're gonna they're gonna build Dick Tracy's Crime Stoppers any day now. Yeah, uh, right. no. um, that's a deep cut for uh, those fans of the Disney <laughs> decade. If we still remember the nineties, um, yes. Uh, I personally was thinking like you know there is an Avatar experience that opened not too long ago in Shanghai, which is a walkthrough with animatronics and mm -hmm. interactive things. Uh, there's similar things for Jurassic World that tour around around the uh, around the planet. Um, and I, I thought we'd be looking at something like that. I actually spoke with someone involved with the project in Shanghai. Uh, and they were basically like, uh, if that's moving to Disneyland, it's news to us. So um, this looks to be something that is uh, coming out of the theme park division, as opposed to the like entertainment location-based division. Um, and um, it, I, I don't know if I don't know where they can fit a full scale Pandora in without going with the Disney forward plan, which involves uh, basically replacing the old parking lots behind downtown uh, Disney. And uh, that was a proposal that I don't think has gotten far in the permitting process yet. So it's bold to just announce that um, yeah. if I. If I had to uh, put a bet on where in the park, if we're talking Disneyland Park, uh, it would have to replace the um, Star Wars Launch Bay, which was formerly the Carousel Theater, and the submarines in Autopia next door. If they mm. took out all of that, there would be enough room. You would have to reroute the monorail. Um, wow. Uh, but that's the only place in Disneyland Park that I think you could possibly fit something that size. Do you think with uh, Splash Mountain retheming that that kind of fits in with New Orleans, but but the fact that Poo, Winnie the Pooh doesn't fit in with New Orleans, mm -hmm. they could put it there? And uh, I don't think I'd want to get rid of that ride. But Winnie, Winnie the Pooh originally started as... Um, the country bear jamboree theater right. is not that big mm. uh and if you look at it on a map um you've got the railroad hemming it in on one side mm, and you've yep. got star wars rise of the resistance is just to the north of it okay i i you couldn't put a full-size pandora for sure there you you just have to squeeze and that That'd be super awkward thematically. Like I can yeah. see how Tomorrowland could be a gateway to Pandora, but I'm not sure about New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I mean, but, it's uh, a gateway maybe to Star maybe Wars. we just we just still call it Critter Country. They're just blue critters now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't, but, I don't know either. And I'm thinking like you that maybe it's part of the forward plan, but. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, this would be a great bargaining chip for the Disneyland forward plan that they pitched um, to uh, to the city. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, you know, I I would, for one, love to uh, have a version of Pandora uh, there because it seems like every ride that exists in both Disneyland and Walt Disney World, I managed to get on it in Disneyland with a much shorter wait. <laughs> um, so I'll be happy to be able to ride a uh, flight of passage without, you know, having to wait in line for. Well, and, and I, I don't know that they would just copy it either with the second movie out now and the other movies yeah. already in progress, we could have a flight of passage, but a different video a different, it would uh, it would be a perfect opportunity to introduce a uh, flight of passage 2.0 as long as it's it's uh, an actual upgrade and we're not like a soren type situation where people like the original one better <laughs> yeah uh, that could yeah. be too yeah, yeah. Yep. well uh all right we are moving on now uh to more disney news uh switching franchises though from avatar to star wars the Mandalorian and Grogu have now both made their debut at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, it was a sort of surprise move. We knew they were coming. We didn't know exactly when, 
but it looks like on March 1st, uh, Jinjarin and the child uh, started strolling around inside Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and it looks like they are now a permanent addition. Yeah, I haven't got out to see them yet. I want to. I'm glad that uh, we did get confirmation from Disney that they are don't have any end date. Um, so, uh, you know, nothing's permanent as we call it permanent. But mm-hmm. per- nothing's yeah, nothing in life Disney. or Disney is permanent ever. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, ongoing the, at least for the yeah ongoing, ongoing for the time being. So hopefully the crowds are down. Uh, mm-hmm. If you watch our video or have seen photos from. The day they came out, uh, we got a little tip off that they were coming out, uh, uh-huh. uh, and uh, so we were there, and 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 the crowds were crazy. So we weren't the only ones that got the tip off, but right, just, just people that were in the land went crazy for them as soon as they saw them. So the uh, the neat thing about this is uh, it's not a puppet; it's it's an animatronic, uh, and it can move its face and make some noises. Uh, um, I don't. I still don't think it looks as good as you saw the animatronic from uh, Garner Holt that was at IAPA. Right? I have. I've seen that one in person. I haven't seen I, this one yet in yeah. person, so I'm not sure. But yeah, I, I that one from Garner Holt was just extraordinary. Um, but uh, it also had a very large uh, kind of base uh, pop right. capsule that it had to live in. So this is kind of cool that it just sort of hangs in a sack off the side of uh, of the Mandalorian. Um, I haven't gotten to see him in person either, uh, but uh, the same day, I believe that this, or or maybe the next day, in Disneyland, uh, I saw Boba Fett. Oh, nice! And he, it was, you know, I've seen Boba Fett over the years uh, in Disneyland, but it was a classic trilogy Boba right. Fett. You can say, you can tell based on uh, the right. black. Um, and this one was talking uh, in uh, the actor uh, Tamara Morrison's voice. Um, I have never seen that before. I, I, I'm sure I didn't wasn't the first person to see him, but I've just that was new to me. Um, the whole character or the talking part? I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him in Galaxy's Edge at all. I've, I've oh yeah, I've seen the classic one uh, when he when he debuted last year sometime. He was uh-huh. with uh, uh, Finnick Shan. Finnick, okay. So I, I never got a chance to see him. So that was new to me. I haven't uh, seen him yet either, or Fennec. Uh, I'm yeah. assuming he was by himself when you saw him. He was by, by himself. Uh, Fennec was nowhere to be seen. And uh, the Mandalorian apparently uh, was not strolling that day because Grogu was feeling cranky and <laughs> okay. didn't want to wake up from his nap, apparently. <laughs> So well, that's nice. I hope we get Boba Fett as well. So, I, I, uh, yes, that's so. So I'm hoping, uh, yes, since I have never seen him in the flesh because that was my first time at Disneyland since he was introduced. Uh, hopefully, uh, he will also make the trip east. Nice. Um, okay. And moving on in other Star Wars news, this one not quite so happy. Star yeah. Wars Galactic Star Cruiser has uh, downgraded, downscaled, downsized, uh, and they are going to only be doing partial weeks during the fall. Uh, they uh, Rather than doing back-to-back voyages uh, all month long, uh, it looks like starting in October of 2023, uh, they're only going to be doing two two-night trips a week. Uh, yeah. And so, we, we assume this is because lack of bookings. We've heard rumors that some of the sailings are not full. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think I think it might might almost be coming a catch twenty two thing. Uh, yes, uh, they are not filling up the the, the Star Cruiser uh, the way that they used to uh, when the initial hype uh, was driving people to spend over two thousand dollars a night to just enjoy this um another element that might be in factor is staffing uh actors right a lot of the original cast members either their contracts weren't renewed or they didn't return uh once the initial year was up um and casting and training in new people especially when you're constantly doing shows back to back there's no doubt there has been no downtime for them to repair things for them to rehearse new people for them people to get a break um so 
maybe that's also a factor. Um, but yeah, I think we can definitely uh, assume that there are not as many people banging on the door to pay full price for this experience that there were when it first started. I know there's people hoping, oh, well, they hope, why don't they just lower the price and then it will fill up? But we don't know what their operating costs are. We don't know, you know, how much they put into it, what what they need to make yeah. to uh, to run it. Um, maybe, you know, maybe they priced it as, almost as low as they could to begin with. Well, um, they're doing a few <laughs> cast member 50% off nights. Yes. Days. Yeah. So. Um, they are doing cast. They are doing fifty uh, percent. I actually know uh, some folks who are hitching rides with cast members and taking yeah, me advantage too. of that. Um, half off is still uh, is is much better than full price. It's still expensive, as uh, we point out in this article, that a full time cast member would ha still have to uh, s spend an entire month's salary or more. Uh, to afford two nights of this, uh, even at that half price. Uh, they've gone after the DVC folks with discounts. They've offered hotel discounts if you book this. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously it's still not selling out. Um, you're right. We are not access to their internal numbers. Um, I've done, you know, back of the, the napkin calculations <laughs> based on my idea of how much the actors are getting paid. And right. I, I don't think even at half price, they're losing money on it. Mm, probably not. Um, I, I think that the, the reluctance to give deeper, more meaningful price reductions is that they don't want to destroy the perceived value. They don't want, this is like Tesla you know, lowers the prices for all their cars and they've got people storming the showrooms demanding refunds. Um, <laughs> they don't they don't want to create the situation where people who paid full price are now saying I got ripped off. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, they'll they'll do specials, they'll do discounts, they'll do bundles. Um, but I think a fundamental price, you know, here here's my hot take. Um, the 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 writers did their job. The designers did their job. The technicians did their job. The actors are doing their job every single day. The people who did not do their job are the advertisers, the marketers, and the accountants who decided what price to charge and how many rooms to build. You know, those, the people who are going to suffer are the actors who are doing their job, the designers, the directors, the writers who are all did exactly what they were supposed to do. The people who will not suffer in any way are the accountants and the advertisers <laughs> and the marketers who made all the bad choices that mm. were involved in this. Um, you know, I don't, uh, I, <laughs> I don't want to talk about this. Whole, whole show, but no, we no, could. I could, we could. Um, uh, but, but, you know, you could get into the point of what's this mean for future you know, what's this mean for a exactly. uh, haunted mansion? You're, how, uh, you're not going to, you're not going to see another galactic star cruiser get built at Disney, uh, Disneyland. I guarantee. Um, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I think something like a, a Hogwarts hotel could still be successful. Um, I still think this could be successful if they just took the days that they're down and run a shuttle from Batu to the Halcyon to let average people like me, I'd happily spend 50 bucks or 75 bucks or even a hundred bucks right. to go over there for lunch, have, lunch and look have a couple hours, get a little bit of a show, get a little bit of interactivity. Yeah. I do that as an add-on. I'm sure there's yep, plenty of people who would do that as an add-on. It's almost like free money because it's sunk cost. They've got the building there. You know, they're, they've, they've paid, they, they've, they've paid all the upfront costs right. to let it sit there instead of think of a more creative use for it, uh, is kind of, uh, it's, it's a bad, it's bad show, Bob. It's bad show. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I, I think we better move on before yeah. uh, you get, you start losing your <laughs> media invites <laughs> and talk about something more fun, which is the Disney Cruise Line's Lighthouse Point, which is their new uh, second private island destination on track to open to guests in summer of 2024. Uh, I personally am a big fan uh, of Castaway Cay. 
and uh, this looks even better. Yeah, and I, I, I saw somebody pointing out uh, it's not really an island because it's just on the mainland, but uh, and there's other well, cities around. It, but I mean, it is the Bahamas is yeah, completely yeah. surrounded by they're water. Islands, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're all islands, but it's it's not necessarily it's it's a private island destination it's not an entire island that they own it's like right. a chunk of an island right yep yep but uh, that that aside it looks great uh we got a lot more details there's going to be um there's going to be lots of different activities and they're really leaning into the uh culture of uh bohemian community uh and what's it mean to be in the bahamas and what's what's that look like uh, with the buildings and the decorations and, you know, there's going to be some uh, ways to learn about the culture while you're there as well. Whereas that's Castaway key is nothing like that. That yeah, that's what I find. Castaway key is great. It's, it's a wonderful, it's one of my favorite, uh, cruise line private islands, but it is very much Disney coming and planting themselves on, you know, inside another culture and just, just basically it, it's very colonial. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Whereas this, uh, you know, uh, it, the colonialism is far more subtle uh, <laughs> and tasteful. Uh, they they learned a lot from Olani partnering with uh, local artists, uh, the local culture and trying to create something that looks, uh, you know, indigenous with a touch of Disney magic. Um, so as opposed to, say, like um, Roy uh, Royal Caribbean's private island which has you know giant massive water slides and stuff this has play areas and splash pads and and you know some slides but it's all kind of integrated in a very artistic and also very ecologically aware uh, kind of environment um uh they 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 show uh, concept art with, with what they call curvilinear bu buildings evoking seashells uh, scattered <laughs> along the shore um and it's also inspired by the colorful junkanoo parades uh, the yeah. lively street festivals and um i think this looks really pretty and and much like castaway k it'll have an adults area mm -hmm. it'll have places to eat um uh, live entertainment and of course the characters are going to be there as well um and i think there's a uh, same as um castaway i think there's a place where you can get a massage on the, on the island mm -hmm. as well yeah all you know your typical spa and dining and drinking options uh that you're used to on a, a cruise line private island are going to be there uh i think what sets this apart is that uh, out of the, like 700 acres that they own, they're only developing a small portion of it. And uh, almost 200 of those acres are being donated back to uh, the Bahamas as a national park. Um, they're getting 90% of their power from solar. Uh, and wow. they're leaving a whole big section um, as like an ecological preserve um, with uh, with coral reefs and caves and things that you can take excursions uh, to experience, but are also going to be protected for the wildlife and for the, um, for the flora and the fauna. Yeah. And they're going to have, uh, I think uh, if you're watching on screen, there's the mm -hmm. premium family cabana. Oh yeah. You always um, got to have those uh, private cabanas available <laughs> by reservation only. And those will book up quick. These uh, looked uh, even more luxurious mm -hmm. than the ones they have now. So I think uh, uh, we we visited some um, on NCL's island and their mm -hmm. air conditioned cabanas. You go in and <laughs> you have TV and you have uh, who cable needs a beach? Who, ne and... who needs the beach? <laughs> yeah, right. You, know, you can pretend you're you're not even at the beach. <laughs> um. So you are going to be able to explore all of this. Uh, in a, uh, one of the uh, ways you're going to be explore this is when Disney Cruise Line's sixth ship debuts, the Disney Treasure. Disney uh, Treasure both, yeah. the, both of these are launching in 2024. Um, so I am very jealous because you are probably going to get to take a <laughs> trip on the new ship to the new island. Uh, and you're so. going to have to come <clears throat> back and tell us all about it. Yep. All right. And... Uh, Finally, uh, I think for our last bit of news in the queue, uh, we've got, oh, sorry, second to last bit of news in the queue. 
we have another Peppa Pig theme park is coming to Texas in 2024. Texas looks like the place to be for theme parks. Uh, we just had the announcement of Universal's family theme park, and families will have even more to do uh, with a version of the park that we know and enjoy outside Legoland here in Florida. Yeah, it seems like Dallas might be the new Orlando. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, um, if, when it comes to kids' attractions, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the uh, the original Peppa Pig theme park opened just over one year ago, just had its big uh, birthday. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not a thrill park. Uh, <laughs> as you can see, the biggest ride there is a roller coaster that's like, I don't know, 20 feet tall, not even. Um, but it, it, this is the place for uh, food and characters and shows uh, and shaded spaces, perfect for little toddlers, and especially uh, great for kids with on the uh, autism spectrum. Um, I would expect this park to look pretty much like the one in, or in Florida, uh, at Legoland, Florida. Um, yeah, I'm sure it'll have some things that are a little bit different, but uh, overall, I think it'll probably be about the same in size and, and about the same kind of rides. Absolutely. You know, we, we don't have uh, specific details on the attractions. Um, they do have a uh, Peppa Pig theme park .com website uh, with a section about the new Dallas Fort Worth project. Uh, it's actually located in the city of North Richland Hills, uh, which is kind of on the west side of the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, but uh, yeah, no specific details, but I think we can really expect to be very similar to what we get uh, right now in Florida. Just hopefully it will have a little more shade. I haven't done the uh, calculations to see how far this is from the Universal Park. Well, I have. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and uh, right there, if you've got a screen, you can see uh, Universal Studios Frisco is on the north side of town um peppa pig is going to be on the west side of town and depending on the traffic you're going to look at about a 45 to 50 minute drive that's not bad between the two that is not bad at all that is shorter than the distance from magic kingdom to uh legoland peppa pig right now yep um and i think uh you know for families living in this area to uh, be within less than an hour's drive of two different world-class, you know, kids' parks is pretty spectacular. Uh, that's a that's a big glow up for the Dallas Fort Worth area. Did you happen to see where the airport is in all this? Um, that is an excellent question. Uh, I'm sure it's I, in there I know, somewhere. I know Six Flags. Texas is right here in Arlington, uh, okay, maybe maybe twenty minutes south of the North Richland Hills area, and uh, so Dallas Fort Worth oh, Airport, right in the middle, giant massive airport, basically halfway in between Universal and Lego and uh, Peppa Pig. So fly so into, fly should... into the airport and stay anywhere around the airport, and you're within thirty minutes of. This uh, Peppa Pig, Six Flags, yeah. and and, and you uh, know, Universal. So neither of these are being pitched as destination resorts for people to fly across the country for. They're they're focused on the local market. But yeah, if you're a hardcore theme park fan. It's mm -hmm. going to be pretty convenient to fly in, and uh, and, and you could hit three you hit three great parks. Yeah. Um, and honestly, depending on how many attractions, you could probably hit two. Two of these parks in one day. I know Peppa Pig. Uh, you know, if if you're just uh, credit hunting and uh, <laughs> you're not there, uh, if you're you're a creepy old man like me who does not have small children and is just going to a theme park built for small children without them, yeah, you could probably knock out Peppa Pig in a couple hours and uh, maybe the same half it's a day. Research. For, We're doing uh, research. Know, it's <laughs> research. It is totally research and. Uh, and then I just wanted, need to, I just need to borrow a niece or a nephew. Please. I was gonna say if you want to drive a few hours, you can head to SeaWorld and, uh, and yes. another Six Flags park. Yes. Um, so yeah, uh, really a um, lot of opportunity, a lot of growth happening for the industry right here in Texas. Yep. Um, Signing. Uh, John Self, uh, who is a uh, global traveler. 
uh, recommends the Love Airport uh, with Southwest, uh, which is closer to the Universal Park. By okay. Okay. Good to know. Keep those notes for when these open in 2024 or so. All right. Uh, and we are going to wrap up, speaking of Six Flags, uh, with Six Flags 2023 season announcements. Uh, they are featuring new rides and attractions at uh, their theme parks and water parks across North America. Um, and the, according to their CEO, they are providing opportunities for guests to, quote, discover something fresh and exciting uh, at all of their parks. Uh, some of the highlights include Aquaman Power Wave, which is debuting at Six Flags over Texas. Speaking of Texas, yep. uh, Caribbean Cove at Six Flags Whitewater and Dino Off-Road Adventure at Six Flags New England. Uh, a couple more down there. They've yes, they, we've got <laughs> we've got some more too. Um, ESIX Gaming at Six Flags Fiesta Texas is a new esports arena. Six Flags Over Georgia is getting a Pisketti Bowl racing uh, dueling coaster called Kid Flash Cosmic Coaster, as well as Fiesta Texas. That one's going both places. Oh, both tech, yes, Fiesta Texas and Georgia. Uh, and uh, Rookie Racer, uh, it's a uh, looping family coaster, is coming to Six Flags St. Louis. Um, also, Splash Island at Great Adventure is a new area at that water park. And Shark Experience and Rainfo Rainforest Trail are going to come to Six Flags in Discovery Kingdom. Uh, there's also a lineup of new events, including Oktoberfest, Kids Boo Fest, Fright Fest is returning, and Holiday in the Park. Um, they've also got a Scream Break going on this year. Uh, haunted Houses for Spring Break at Select Six Flags Parks. Whole long list of things um, that kind of conceals the fact that they're not building new attractions at most of their parks. Uh, they are now instead moving to a project of sort of cycling older, smaller rides around to their smaller parks uh, so that they have something new to promote without well, spending as much money. It's not to say that some of these aren't brand new. I think the coasters uh, so, yeah. are brand yeah. new. There's a, yes, there are there are a couple. Um, for instance, uh, the Aquaman Power Wave, uh, that's the first water coaster of its kind in North America. Uh, and it launches riders backwards and forwards. It's kind of like a boomerang coaster with a splashdown. And then uh, I'm looking forward to the uh, dueling coasters. It's... Uh, Going to the to uh, Georgia and Fiesta Texas. Yeah, Kid Flash. Uh, this is interesting. Did you see, see those models when they were at IAPA of the little Pisketti coasters? I don't know. I don't remember it. Yeah, they're kind of interesting. Um, it's a single rail. Um, you know, most coasters use a dual rail. Right. <clears throat> and this is kind of like a twisted ribbon of track that should, in theory, create a really unique, tight, smooth experience. Um, and then there's two of them that sort of wrap around each other. Yeah, that I've never done one of those single uh, mm -hmm. single uh, rail ones. I know they yeah, have Wonder Woman at a few parks and, yes. and some others. I need to get on those. And one interesting thing was that uh, ESIX Gaming at Six Flags Texas uh, Fiesta in mm. Texas. It's I, I don't know how that how a uh, esports arena works with a daily theme park visit. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm not sure if this one is going to have an extra charge, or if you want, you can just drop your kids off in front of an Xbox or a, <laughs> you know a, a PC. Let them play Fortnite while uh, you know you spent you spent all that money on tickets so they can ride rides. <laughs> Instead, they just want to play the same game we have at home. I assume they're going to. What does say they're going to have tournaments and and things? Yeah. I assume that. Yeah, there'll probably, probably be opportunities uh, to watch professional gamers. Uh, yeah, play. yeah. So. That's that's kind of neat. Um, I've I've gone to a few of those in Las Vegas, and uh, you know when people get into it, it's kind of fun. Yep. Um, so uh, if you are interested in more information about Six Flags, including how you can get a uh, season pass, which includes to admission to all of these parks, uh, visit sixflags.com. Uh, and that about brings us to the end of this week's news in the queue. But before we get into the main attraction, it is time for us to hear a word from our sponsor. 
The Attractions Podcast is brought to you by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Whether your next vacation is a magical trip to the theme parks, an exciting adventure to the pyramids of Egypt, or just a relaxing cruise on the turquoise waters of the Bahamas, MEI Travel provides premium service and expert advice to help you get the most of your vacation. They are always free of any hidden fees or costs to you. Visit them at mei-travel.com. It's time for the main attraction. All right. For this week's main attraction, it is the return of Epcot's International Flower and Garden Festival for 2023. It kicked off on opening day, March 1st. Uh, and it runs through July 5th, 2023. That's a long time. I think that's, is that, the, I don't know if that's the longest, but July seems I feel like, like, I remember when this was just six weeks in the spring. And now I feel like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's takes up, we start in the winter and <laughs> we end in the summer. And it's, um, it's so long that if you visit at the beginning, middle and end, you're probably going to see all different flower yeah. beds. Yeah. And that is the great thing that it is a seasonal festival and they are constantly ref refreshing the displays, uh, updating them with what's in bloom. Uh, but what will be in bloom through the whole festival is this brand new signature piece right at the front, uh, inspired by Encanto. Uh, and uh, I got my selfie in front of it. Did you you get to snap a picture with it too? Yeah, and they have a, also have a cool um, photo pass opportunity mm -hmm. with some of the characters from Encanto. Yep. Um, if you head back towards, uh, like you're across the water from um, from Imagination Pavilion, uh, there they have an uh, area set up for some cool photos with the characters. But um, yeah, they're really cool. They did a really good job on them. Um, yes. I'm, I'm like the other characters; their faces and hands and arms are not actually taupe, uh, you know plant material but their right. their clothes are made of plant material and they have uh, different little small details that look really cool inside of them and uh the little kid i forget his name his hair <laughs> uh-huh yeah <laughs> um yeah i we're kind of stretching the definition of exactly what a topiary is yeah. i am a big fan of like uh in front of it's a small world in disneyland there are topiaries that were hand you know shaped and trimmed right. and grown from scratch over decades and decades and to me that's like a classic topiary these are amazing uh but they kind of stretch the line between a sculpture and uh an actual plant material um but they, they certainly are cool in photographs and you're going to want to check out this display uh during the daylight when you can get uh great shots of it but you're also going to want to stop by at night because after sunset, they are doing one of these uh, beacons of light uh, displays on Spaceship Earth uh, set to the Encanto soundtrack. Uh, they refresh those for every uh, seasonal event, uh, and those are a lot of fun. Yeah, and there's, um, of course, not just those topiaries, but they mm -hmm. have them all throughout the park. Uh, a lot of the returning ones that, that you, you remember, um, but then they've got some new ones as well, like uh, Princess Tiana. Yeah. And you can find her in the American Pavilion. And then uh, I think new, not new, but I think it's, is it? Miss Piggy has a new face too, as well. So. Yeah, they've they've updated some of the classics. Uh, yeah. I know Lumiere and Cogsworth. Uh, they've they've gotten a glow up. Uh, Lumiere's got candles that light up now, and Cogsworth's clock actually works. Right. Um, so some some nice little details uh, as you make your way around. Um, and you know, I love a lot of the classic stuff. I love in Japan. Um, They've got a dragon topiary, but they've also got those bonsais and yeah, the, I love the, the bonsai and the the scarecrow, the the water um, kind of mobiles that right. make noise. Yeah. Those are fun um, to watch while you, your, while you eat your frushi. Exactly, <laughs> while you eat your frushi off the top of a garbage can, uh, yeah, because exactly. you know. Yes, uh, it's called the Flower and Garden Festival, but it's really another food and wine festival. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they've got, they've got some uh, more than 50 new food and drink items this year. Uh, one of the standouts, uh, Citrus Blossom has been around for a while, but it's gotten an upgrade, moved inside to the Odyssey Pavilion, which has been taken over with Orange Bird uh, and 
if there is any uh, Disney, uh, Walt Disney World specific character that I love almost as much as Figment, it is the orange bird. Yeah. Uh, there's a brand new orange bird sipper you can get. Um, there's uh, all sorts of citrus uh, food, I, like a tempura shrimp with orange sauce. I tried that citrus citrus baked brie, and that was really good. How was that? Okay, yeah, good. I loved it. Excellent. Um, and uh, you know, we mentioned Princess Tiana before. Uh, in her honor, the Magnolia Terrace over at American Adventure has got some new Louisiana inspired uh food they've got a muffalata and a crawfish pie uh, maybe they're testing out food that we're going to see in the magic kingdom some could be who knows um so uh the one i uh really enjoyed uh they've got a brunch cot truck uh over by test track uh that's okay. marked as one of their new things they've had that uh that truck over by test track for a while but uh, now it's got brunch items, including a millennial-approved avocado toast. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't tried that one yet. I, I wanted to try it, but uh, yes, I, I can't afford uh, my retirement now because I spent too much money on avocado toast. But it was I, totally I worth have, it. I did have what you just scrolled by there. The uh, the of course the violet lemonade everywhere ah. and the uh, spicy hot dog. Those returned. Um, they're both as good as always. Yes. I'm to think and, of any other really good. Can, I had the Frushi, of course. That was really good. You can um, find uh, you can find that uh, lemonade and that spicy hot dog at Pineapple Promenade, which is also where you go once you've collected your five stamps in your uh, in your little uh, passport. Uh, you collect five stamps from selected um, vegetarian items around the park and you get a free dole whip and who doesn't oh, love nice. a free dole whip yeah exactly yeah uh i one thing i really appreciate that's called the garden graze and uh, i really appreciate uh even more than any of the other epcot events they uh they focus on having a good selection of plant-based offerings there's 11 uh different ones i think this year which is a big change from back in the day when there was zero plant-based offerings <laughs> Yep. And then, of course, we've got concerts. I haven't yep. attended any of these yet, but there's some really good, good people coming. Yep. Uh, they got some some old favorites like uh, Smash Mouth um, and Starship. I uh, can't can't get too much Starship. Uh, <laughs> they've got a few new ones. Uh, Blue Oyster Cult will be that they better play Don't Fear the Reaper at every set. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and I, I also noticed that a couple bands that we are used to seeing at the um, Rock the Universe events at Universal, um, Switchfoot and Casting Crowns oh, interesting. are playing um, the Garden Rocks uh, concert series for the first time. Um, remember July 2nd and 3rd, Wang Chung. Everybody have fun tonight. <laughs> Everybody Wang Chung tonight. Yep. You know, you know those those people with the one hits are going to have to play <laughs> that one hit every set, or people will be upset. <laughs> hey, I think Wang Chung had at least two hits. Okay, well, uh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Wang Chung. Um, well, you know, the uh, depending on the popularity of the band, you may want to reserve yourself a spot uh, through the uh, guaranteed seating uh, through the concert series dining packages. Those are available at eight locations uh, for a fixed price. Um, and you can learn about that at freshepcot.com. And uh, you've only got a few more days to combine your flower and garden visit with your uh, 50th anniversary Walt Disney World visit. That celebration, uh, because a year in Disney World lasts 18 months, that is finally wrapping up uh, at the end of March, um, which means you've only got uh, through uh, April 2nd to see Harmonious. Uh, mm. After that, Harmonious is going back in the Disney vault and Epcot Forever, which was not forever, is back, but not for forever, just for a limited time. And we don't know what's replacing that yet. But uh, no. we've 
heard rumors of uh, drones and Some, who knows? something drones yeah. drones are the new projection mapping yeah, exactly. so we're we're drones you get I a meant, drone and you get a drone and you get a drone <laughs> I was just thinking I was, we were visiting animal kingdom last night just walking around in the evening and we sat down over by the you know where the kite tails used to be the mm -hmm. big amphitheater and we're like they this will be perfect for a drone show because they can't do fireworks here. <laughs> exactly. But then Universal is also rumored to be adding drones, and then mm -hmm. Epcot adds drones. Like you said, everybody's going to have a drone show pretty yep. soon. Yep. Uh, well, if you want to learn more about what is happening on happening at Epcot right now, visit freshepcot.com for more information. And we also have a video and a photo gallery on our website mm -hmm. if you just want to see some more views of the... Uh, of the festival if you can't make it yourself yes absolutely uh we've got great coverage as always at youtube.com attractions magazine and that just about brings us to the end of this show but if you are listening live or watching live on youtube uh come back to us in just about uh half an hour at 1 30 p.m we are going to be recording a special live interview with Samantha, uh, sorry, Savannah Bone, who is the ambassador at Gatorland. She's had a fascinating career here in radio in Orlando and at Gatorland, uh, spreading the word uh, about uh, reptiles uh, and amphibians <laughs> to all of us. Uh, we're going to have a great talk. Uh, we had a fantastic uh, talk with her her friend Carlos uh, just a couple weeks ago, which you can find uh, on our bonus podcast. And I'm sure uh, our conversation is just going to be just as exciting. So uh, tune in at 1.30 Eastern for that one. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, not the video version, you want to see Savannah's interview, you can head to our YouTube channel and watch it right away. Or we will be releasing it at some point um, as an audio podcast. Just don't have a date on that yet. Yep. And before we go, we want to thank, again, our sponsors, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. And I want to remind everyone, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and go leave us a rating on Spotify. It really helps get the word out. If you want to find more coverage from us and Attractions Magazine on the interwebs, uh, you can find me at the UG Series on Twitter, at the Unofficial Guides on Instagram, and at theunofficialguides.com. Uh, Matt, where can they find you personally? Uh, personally, I'm on Twitter at Matt Boom and uh, everywhere else as Attractions Matt. Absolutely. And you can find the whole Attractions team. We are here for you 24-7 at AttractionsMagazine.com, at Attractions on Twitter, at Attractions Magazine on Instagram, at YouTube.com slash Attractions Magazine, and at Attractions on TikTok. And until next week, we hope that you folks stay safe, try something new, but most importantly, have fun. Bye. Bye.